12 to 1 on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, 12 to 1 with Adrian Abraham. Joining me on the line is Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane to get the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing okay, Adrian. How are you doing? Very good. Much better, actually, now that we've seen the end of June. And we are officially into the second half of the year. How quickly has 2022 gone? It's looked a lot better than the last couple of years. However, let's talk about the natural disaster declared in New South Wales due to yet another major flooding event. It's either bushfires or floods. Tell us more about the chaos surrounding these floods. Yeah, Adrian, we had a once in a 100-year disaster that was declared uh, a few months ago. Now we're seeing it for the fourth time. There's a fourth time that we're seeing this once in a 100-year disaster, and it means that there is a state of emergency in the state of New South Wales, particularly the areas in the northwest and southwest of Sydney, Australia's biggest city. We're seeing people being evacuated, uh, and residents are just fed up because this has happened so many times. Currently, there are 102 evacuation orders in place across the state of New South Wales. It's been raining nonstop uh, for roughly a week, and it is terrible at the moment in New South Wales with the Premier Dominic Perrottet uh, saying that it's really very important that people uh, are vigilant. There are 19,000 homes without power at the moment, 38,000 people affected across the state of New South Wales and the city of Sydney. And, you know, we're fed up with it uh, in Australia. Here in Queensland, the situation isn't so bad because uh, we don't have floods here at the moment, but we're just bracing ourselves for the rain that's currently in New South Wales to move north. And uh, back in February and March, that was where we had the floods here in Brisbane. Uh, so let's see what happens with these uh, extreme weather patterns. Remember, it's winter in Australia at the moment, which is supposed to be the drier time of year, but that's been turned on its head with these very unpredictable weather patterns. And back here in Singapore, it is just so hot. I would love a little bit of rain here and there. It is there. But the heat, you know, grabs all the attention and it's just the air conditioning is on all the time. Speaking of how a lot of things are changing, we've seen in recent months the travel chaos. Now this is spread to Sydney and Perth. We saw all the chaos out in London a few weeks ago and it's affecting major hubs around the world. Now flights being cancelled during the school holidays, including three in three days to Bali from Perth. Now, Jason, how are the authorities reacting to this? What's their plan B? How do you actually avoid the situation getting any worse? Well, regarding those uh, cancelled flights from Perth to Bali, three in three days, as you mentioned, and this was on Jetstar. And again, this is outside the government. This is a private airline and Jetstar is a well-known airline in Southeast Asia as well. Basically, there's not staff to, to fly people from uh, Western Australia to Indonesia, and they've been trying to get those people onto different flights, whether it's Qantas or other airlines. So that's one big issue. There is a really a lack of staffing for the ramping up of travel that we've seen since the relaxation of our border controls in Australia. Now, regarding the East Coast, uh, Sydney Airport is absolute chaos this week. It's the first week of school holidays in New South Wales. And again, not the staff to cope with the demand that we've seen. Uh, so many people going to the airport. And as mentioned, there's crazy weather in Sydney and New South Wales. And they're looking forward to their holidays. They get there with the kids. And then at the last moment, 
flights are cancelled. So the government needs to step in and try and uh, do things to shore up our labour market. There's talk of getting seniors back to work here in Australia. The opposition leader, Peter Dutton, suggesting that seniors um, can can work a bit more than without affecting their pension. In, and we see in Singapore, of course, a lot yeah. of uncles and aunties working there in the hawker centres and, and everything else. So yeah, real labour shortage here in Australia across many industries, including the travel industry, which is seeing that disruption for flights on both the east and west coasts. I think having been cooped up for the last two years, it was sort of expected, this chaos, this surge in demand, almost like we go revenge shopping. This is revenge travel. Everybody wants to travel. And as a result, we're seeing flights being cancelled, airports being overcrowded. And I guess this is just the times that we're living in. There's also pressure to return to mask mandates with Australia hit by spiking cases, including Jason Yu also got COVID, just like a lot of other people. How are you feeling? Because it's a difficult place to be. There are symptoms, sometimes you might not have them, but you just feel incredibly tired. But how are you coping with it? You have to basically just take a forced break. Well, my story is that last Thursday, I was driving back from a camping trip with the family and, you know, staying outside and and camping, you get a bit chilly and catch a cold. And I think, oh, probably just from being in the tent, you know, it's raining a little bit here and there. But I thought just in case I'll go and get tested uh, for COVID because I've been able to avoid COVID-19 for the last couple of years, even though my wife and daughter have had it, many friends and colleagues have had it. So I got tested. I think the thing about this one was my headache. Like this is an unusually tough headache. So I got tested and sure enough, it came back positive. And fortunately, my symptoms have been fairly mild, just like a cold, a bit of a headache, a bit of a cough. Uh, I'm on day, I think, six now, five or six now, and, and I've been staying at home and not doing much. And I don't feel too bad at all. You can hear from my voice. I sound pretty much the same. So I think with uh, my triple vaccination, uh, I've been fine. But you mentioned the uh, mask mandates uh, may be coming back. We've got 35,000 cases here in the state of Queensland over the last 24 hours, which is crazy. Uh, so John Gerard, who's Queensland's chief health officer, says the, the COVID-19 wave is going to get significantly worse. And mask mandates are being discussed uh, again in Australia because of uh, the surging cases, which, again, we're not seeing the, the really bad Delta strain that uh, hit us uh, a couple of years ago, but it is very disruptive in workplaces. We're on school holidays here, as I've mentioned, but uh, that's going to change here in Queensland next week. So yeah, I reckon I'm going to be wearing my mask a lot more now that I've had COVID. Next time I go to the supermarket, I'll be wearing a mask and, and probably in a lot of other places where I can't socially distance. Yeah, we're seeing this next wave of COVID around the world, I mean, even here in Singapore. And there was talk about maybe possibly that some of these mandates will come back. I mean, we still have to wear masks indoors and that has not changed. But outdoors, everyone can still sort of do whatever they want. If they want to keep the mask on, they will. If they don't, then they don't have to. Some people, if they're going on a very important holiday, will also double mask just to be safe. We're in conversation with Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, a little bit more about the housing prices. I know this has been a topic that we've discussed multiple times over our Australia segment. Let's focus on Sydney and Melbourne. Our housing prices are down in the June quarter while other cities are slightly up. Tell us a little bit more about the housing situation in Australia. Yeah, of course, we've just come to the end of our 
our financial year here in Australia, which is the 30th of June. So some figures coming out from the June quarter. Sydney and Melbourne down following two years of growth. Sydney falling 1.6% of the past quarter, while Melbourne fell 1.7%. But elsewhere, we saw rises for Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth around 2%. And for the year, Brisbane has gone up 26.5%. And comparing that to Sydney, around 8.6% and Melbourne, 4.7%. Now, I know a lot of the listeners out there have connections to Perth and Western Australia. Perth has gone up 8.8% over the last 12 months. In the last quarter, 2.1%. So we are seeing a cooling off of uh, the housing prices here. And with those rate rises from the Reserve Bank of Australia, every month they've been raising rates and affected demand. But I would say here in Southeast Queensland, A lot of people moving from Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Perth to the sunshine state of Queensland, although it's not really sunny today with the rain continuing. So I'd say for investors out there, there are some opportunities that may come up very soon in Sydney and Melbourne, particularly if you're looking for brand new uh, apartments or townhouses. There could be some bargains in the next 12 months. Yeah, definitely a story worth keeping an eye on. Before I let you go, Jason, we need to talk about the man that is Nick Kyrgios and what he's been up to at Wimbledon because for the first time in a very long time, we're actually seeing his true tennis ability come to the fore rather than his sort of bad boy charm and all his shenanigans. I mean, across Wimbledon, to say the least, he is now into the quarterfinals there and he's looking better than ever. Tell us a little bit more, maybe about the secret behind his success. How has he managed to just stay calm, focus on his tennis and not worry about everything around him? Well, you know, Nick Kyrgios is now 27 years old. He's been on the tour around a decade. So he's a bit more mature, although he does seem to have those meltdowns occasionally. But the run he's having at Wimbledon, so impressive. Uh, Pass, as you mentioned in the third round, that was a a four-set victory. And Brandon Nakashima from the U.S. uh, in the round of 16, a five-setter. He prevailed there, kept his focus. But not everyone is happy, you know, Adrian, because Pat Cash, who won Wimbledon in 1987, has come out on BBC radio and said that, uh, you know, Nick Kyrgios is basically a a bad sport. He cheats. He's got uh, bad temperament. Uh, So not everyone is convinced that he's changed. Personally, I find him a very hard player to follow. You know, he does have that uh, Southeast Asian connection with his mum being from Malaysia. He really needs to win a Grand Slam tournament, I think, because he's got the talent. A lot of people say he's the most talented player in a generation in Australia. The big question is, can he continue this march at the All England Club? I'm not convinced that he'll win the title here. So now Kyrgios will play Christian Garin in the quarterfinals. Uh, Garin beating Alex Dimonor, the other Australian, uh, in a thrilling five-set match. Uh, let's see if Nick can keep it going. No Wimbledon champion from Australia since Leighton Hewitt. That's uh, a couple of decades ago. So uh, fingers crossed that uh, Nick can do it. I think from what we saw earlier this year at the Australian Open with his very good friend Tadasi Kokonakis, how they won the men's doubles, hopefully he'll be able to, you know, come close and have some sort of chance to go all in at Wimbledon. Also, one last thing, Jason Australia ending their losing streak versus England in the rugby. And uh, that sets up a very interesting tie later in the week. Yes, indeed. Australia defeating England 30-28 to in Perth, their first victory in eight attempts against the old enemy, who are coached by Eddie Jones, a former 
Wallabies coach. And uh, now the teams will head to Brisbane for the second test right here, not far from where I'm talking to you from. And Australia doing it despite getting a red card uh, just before halftime and uh, losing many players during the match and also before the match. Um, so this was a really a, a performance with great spirit, of great character. The All Blacks remain streets ahead of Australia, but I would say that we've turned the corner and now all eyes on the rest of the three-match series with Australia having the upper hand, having you know pulled off their first victory over England since the 2015 Rugby World Cup, which was a long, long time ago. Yeah, brilliant. As always, Jason Dacey, ABC News journalist, all the way out in Brisbane, getting the latest headlines from Australia. Jason, have a great rest of the day, speedy recovery, and hopefully you'll get back to full health as soon as possible. Thank you very much, Adrian. Feeling better already. And I'm thinking about the hot temperatures there in Singapore. I need to come back and enjoy some of the local delights and see all my old buddies like you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.